Lock and load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Good morning and welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, my guest today is a, a guy that we've had on before. Uh, it's a guy that I enjoy talking to, and if you listen to him occasionally, you'll catch him on Y106. Uh, he's, uh, he sits in for the Kimmer regularly, and he sits in for uh, the other the other two guys as well, uh, Shannon Burke and... Uh, What's that other guy? I can't remember. What's that well, liberal guy? <laughs> I, I can't remember his name because at 3 o'clock, my radio automatically goes <laughs> off and does not come back on until 6 when... Uh, uh, our friend uh, Mark Levin's on. Then, exactly. I, and I don't know what it is. There must be something wrong with my radio. Certainly, I, not, certainly nothing wrong with my hearing, I can assure you of that. There's a lot of that going around here. Yeah, there is. <laughs> At any rate, uh, uh, Mike Brooks, uh, welcome this morning. He's a, a retired um, Metropolitan D.C. policeman. He's been known as the TV detective yeah. over at CNN, Headline News, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and been around for, for many years down here. And I just had a thought on the way in here. I, I watched a video, Uh-oh. a YouTube video, uh, last week. It, one of those things that just every once in a while pops up, you know, and you see it. And so I said, well, I'm going to look at this. And it brought back an awful lot of old memories and things and, and questions. So you being a retired D.C. policeman, I thought sure. I'd just ask you this question. Who killed John F. Kennedy? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, th- that was actually Dallas. So. <laughs> oh, I was, well, but I, I was, thought the reports might have come through D.C. I mean, oh, no. That's where the body wound up. It, it did. It so. did. It did wind up there. But, uh, no. <laughs> well, the, we can go back. I, I, I know a little bit about the Lincoln nah, case. Yeah, we <laughs> do. You probably know more about that than Kennedy. But, I wasn't but, uh, born, yet, born then. But, well, uh, I know. I say I wasn't either, but you sure? at any rate, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I was born when Kennedy was killed. I, I was, uh, matter of fact, I was working just a few miles down the road from where he was killed, and I'm very familiar with the area. And I uh, used to uh, used to go to the movies every weekend when I was in high school, and I went to the Texas Theater where they caught uh, Oswald. So I'm familiar with all that area in there. It's just. Uh, that's back you when know, they had silent films, right? Back when they had silent No, they had just gotten, they had some kind of sound recorder that they played in the background, but other than that, it was. <laughs> At any rate, we, um, I just thought we'd throw in a little humor every once in a while we got to laugh about something. <laughs> got and, you uh, around here, that's for damn And sometimes sure. there's not a whole lot to laugh about in our business, but uh, we, we have had good time. We had uh, our ninth annual convention last weekend. Up at the Waverly uh, in Atlanta, here at the, at the Galleria. Oh, that's right. That's and we right. had uh, had uh, some good good speakers. We had some good uh, breakout shows. Some of, them, of the people we've interviewed out here on the radio. Um, and we had a uh, Gene Hoffman, who is the founder of Cal Guns, uh, come in and speak to us. Had a nice auction. We had some we had some really nice guns. We had a a little uh, Henry twenty two uh, Americana. Nice. Very nice that uh, that uh, Anthony Imperato, as a matter of fact, donated to us. So very nice. Uh, even the Henry Rifle Company now is a, a platinum sponsor of GeorgiaCarry.org. dot org. So hey, GeorgiaCarry.org dot org is a big time up. company, buddy. I tell you, <laughs> we're moving on up. We're doing our best. We're uh, 
we're we're finding that we have a lot of people following us all Absolutely. over the world actually and, and i i still i don't know why but uh we're happy to have have the publicity and happy to, to see that people listen and, and are proud of what we do well i think it's the best lobbying group here uh, in the in the state of georgia for for what uh for gun owners uh concealed carried folks those folks i think i think you'll do a lot for them well, and it's, it's very much appreciated well thank you and we have uh, i would would uh tell people and remind some of the people we were uh, named by the uh, citizens committee for the right to keep and bear arms we were named the number one uh, gun rights group in america uh in night in 2014 wow. so we get we get we get noticed that's something to be proud of that's for yeah sure. it is well, one of the things we want to talk about just we're going to talk just about whatever comes to mind basically but one of the things that we that i have seen and witnessed and we have it, other people say something about it uh after Donald Trump was elected. Everybody was kind of holding their breath until uh, Trump was elected because they were afraid that Hillary Clinton was going to be, at least the gun rights people were afraid that Hillary Clinton would be elected. And if she did, then there would go the the Supreme Court semi-conservative leaning that, right. that it has right now over to full liberal. And that, of course, would just basically do away with as many of our rights as they could. Especially and it drove the gun, gun sales before the election through the it. roof. You better believe it. But the the uh, the thing that I noticed most about that is after the election, it seems like everybody took a big sigh of relief. We don't have to worry anymore. We don't have to do anything because everything's taken care of. And that may be true for a time. But uh, from what I understand, in almost all uh, organizations, hunting groups, gun rights groups, our membership is down some, uh, people have just kind of just kind of sat back and said we're through and they can't do that nope you can't get fat dumb and happy no you got to stay engaged empathy is 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 a horrible thing to have and uh, you got to just got to get up and move um i know that uh while i was thinking about this earlier this morning you know my i i planned my program two or three seconds ahead of time (laughs) (laughs) And I, the, future, I, the futures. That's yeah. right. Well, you know, you want to be, you you want to try to have it up to date. Exactly. But uh, I was reminded of Edmund Burke's statement that uh, uh, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Isn't that the truth? And, and you and, know, Jerry, I find that I spent, you know, as you know, that I spent the last six years of my illustrious law enforcement career with the uh, FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force. Right. In fact. Today, back in 1998, I was in Nairobi, Kenya, cleaning up the uh, cleaning up after the uh, the bombing of the U.S. embassy when Bin Laden bombed right. the embassies there in Nairobi, Kenya, and and uh, and uh, Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. And uh, next year, it'll be 20 years. It seemed like it was yesterday. Right. But um, but whenever something happens, even even nowadays, even what's go- what we see going on overseas in Paris, what we see here in the United States, whenever they catch somebody. People go, oh, whoa, you know, wow, that could that could happen here, couldn't yeah. it? I mean, just uh, last week there was a shooting in Huntsville, Alabama. I got a call from uh, WHNT up there to talk about the shooting and active shooting and, and complacency. And right. I talk to them all the time about complacency, but, but it takes something like this. Uh, for people to, to say, oh, well, you know, what to wake right. up. And, you know, sometimes because I say, Jerry, we need to be poked sometimes with a stick. That's correct. You know, because we do become or, complacent. Or a red-hot poker because you Exactly. You and, do. And uh, that is how 
we lost our rights in the first place so right. by sitting back and doing nothing. Incrementalism, well, they did that. You know, well, they did that. Well, they did. And the next thing you know, you don't have anything. Yeah. It's like a friend of mine told me, or asked me one time back, and it's probably been, uh, well, it was back in the 90s sometime. Uh, there was a young girl that was, we both had daughters that were about the same age or teenagers, 15, 16, something like that. Right. And there was a young girl killed, I believe it was in Riverdale at, at a pizza place. The guy came in and robbed him and then shot this, this beautiful young girl. And the guy said to me, he said, what, when are we going to do something about this? And I said, we ain't going to do nothing about it. <laughs> and the reason we ain't going to do nothing about it, it didn't affect us. It's just like the government comes along and they want to put a 10% tax on them. Well, that's only a dime. It's not a big deal. Well, yeah. Next year they come back and they want to put another nickel. Well, it's just a nickel. And the next thing you know, they got 98 cents out of your dollar. That's right. Every time you turn around because they did it just a nickel at a time, a penny or two at a time. And that's the same way they've done with gun rights. That's how we got to the point that we were uh, back when Georgia Carey started. That's why some of the states are in so such sad shape right now is because they've allowed them to get through there, and then you get somebody that's in charge, like the progressives, and they don't open up the door and let you back in. No, they don't. One day they'll slam it, and they'll nail it shut. That's correct. They will. And uh, But, but one, one good thing, even though we can't become complacent, one good thing I'm glad to see is, uh, is at least a president, that every time he gets up in front of a crowd, he talks about supporting law enforcement, supporting our military. I think it's the strongest support and gun rights and right. the Second Amendment. And right. you, that's something we didn't hear for the last eight years at all. Well, it's been longer than that before we really heard yeah, a whole lot exactly. about it where people would stand up. You're right. Uh, and and really say what they felt about it. But it, it's And it's terrible. Uh, you know, I agree that the other president, well, we've had more than one president. But, yeah. Uh, we had, uh, back in the 90s, we had a president felt the same way. Didn't even want to. Didn't even want to salute the military. Didn't want them around him. Nope. Uh, you know, stay out of my house. Stay away from me. <laughs> but if something happens, who's going to get the blame for it? Exactly. It's going to be them because they weren't doing their job to protect the guy that didn't really care whether they were there or not. Well, we can go all the way back. We can go all the way back to Jimmy Carter. Oh yeah. And Jimmy Carter, uh, I know because I was that was during my days when I was a Metropolitan Police young officer, right. and uh, he actually didn't want the Uniform Division of Secret Service uh, showing their guns. He didn't want his daughter raised around firearms, and that's why he made them cover up and wear blazers inside of the White House, the Uniform Division mm. Secret Service. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and well, then, then, we, then we know what happened to Amy. She used to get locked up with her hairy armpit. I'm sorry. She used to get locked <laughs> up every Friday, of, just about every Friday of the South African Embassy because yeah. I, had, uh, I had the pleasure of wrestling her one time myself. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I'm sure old Jim was down there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing about everything, I, every time I think about Jimmy Carter's uh when I lived down here, I had about 15 acres. The guy across the street from me had about 50. And he had a bull, raised bulls. And the bull's name was Gemma because he named him Jimmy because Gemma because he was born when Gemma Carter was running. <laughs> At any rate, uh, it's time for a break. Uh, don't forget, georgiacarry.org. Uh, you can look us up, see what we do. You can go to newstalk1160.com and get the commercial free uh, podcast. And we'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, here with my guest today, Mike Brooks. We're uh, having a little bit of 
bit of fun so far. You probably found out that he's not necessarily politically correct, uh, as am I not. Too late uh, to start now, bro. Yeah, it's a little bit too late to start time. <laughs> yep. I am lucky enough that I can watch some things, but uh, the filter was gone a long time ago for the most part. Um, a couple of things that, that I wanted to talk about today, uh, some of the national gun laws. You know, we've, we've done pretty good here in Georgia. You know, we, we uh, matter of fact, you were uh, hosting Kimmer the weekend after, or the Monday after the campus carry bill went into effect. Exactly. And you uh, you asked me to be on there, and yep. we, we talked for quite a while and answered quite a few questions. And um, one of the things that we talked about was how much trouble this is going to cause on the campus. Well, I haven't so seen far, much. So far, it's been about six or seven months or six or seven weeks here, and there's not any problem. There's no, the, not the, the, the one thing you know, you and I talk about training all the time, and people carrying weapons. And uh, there was a robbery just recently up at uh, Kennesaw State University, right, right. and uh, early morning robbery, uh, open campus, that kind of thing. And uh, the victim was robbed of his cell phone, money, and his firearm. Yeah. Why? Because he had it in his car and told him it was in there. That's it. That's it. That's exactly right. And you know, we go back and we go, and that you just you just touched on it last segment was complacency. Right. If you're going to carry a gun, know how to carry a gun. Right. Have it easily accessible right. and know how to use that. That's gun. correct. I don't disagree with that at all. So, um, and and I don't. I, one of the questions that was not answered for me was why was it in his car? Was it because he was coming from a place that? He couldn't carry it, or was he still just leaving it in the car? Because, you know, since 2010, you've been able to leave it in your car if you had a Georgia weapons license. Right. And I think I think one of the reasons he might have been leaving his car, because he was in a college housing area where they well, might consider yeah. them dorms, so you're not allowed yeah. by law to have it there. Right, you right. know, and But one of the other things I, uh, you know, was, we're talking about not only campus carry, but we've seen over 40 weapons taken out of cars of firefighters all around the Atlanta metro area. You know, there were over 60, 60 cars, over 100 and some cars broken into. Right. But, you know, they locked up that couple. And now uh, I know uh, Gwinnett County and some other counties are starting to address the fact uh, that, hey, look, firefighters, most of, a lot of them are concealed carry, right. you know, permit holders. And uh, you shouldn't be leaving your car. Bring it into the firehouse and lock it up. Make it secure. So there are. I think they're addressing that now to have um, a bolted down safe inside of the right. firehouses uh, to go ahead and, and, and take care of that right. problem. Uh, I believe under HB sixty they were allowed. Uh, the chief was allowed to do that if they uh, if they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but they couldn't. They have not been able to carry it so far. There was a bill that was introduced in uh, I believe twenty fourteen by uh, Representative Cook Kevin Cook out in. Um, uh, around Villarica, I believe. Uh, he introduced that bill after, if you remember, there were, we had some uh, EMTs uh, be called to a scene out in, I believe it was in Lawrenceville, Gwinnett County. It was in Gwinnett County, firefighters and EMTs. Right, and they went out there, and the guy uh, took, them, took hostage. them hostage. Yeah. And when that happened, uh, that, that bill was introduced. Now, it didn't go anywhere uh, because, you know, the same old story. Well, why do they need to carry firearms, blah, blah, blah. Well... You know, why do you need to protect yourself anywhere? Why do you, if that's the case, why do I need to know how to fight? Why do I need to know how to run? I mean, just accept the inevitable and go on. And Jerry, why are now uh, 
fire and EMS departments buying their firefighters and EMTs, paramedics? Why are they buying them body armor? Because yeah. because because there's a need. Yeah, there's a need to wear body armor nowadays because when you're on the scene of a shooting. Because it's not safe there. Thank you. I mean, I don't know. You and I... You know, we're we're sitting here <laughs> preaching to the choir. And, I know, and, I know. And all I think is going to happen is the decibels are going to go up a little bit more, but we're going to continue to say basically the same thing. You need the right. You deserve the right. You have the right. To me, it's a God-given right, and it's enumerated in the Constitution. Right. So, therefore, we should be able to do whatever we feel like doing to protect ourselves. I, I personally think I should be able to carry a machine gun, but that's beside the point. And I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think we should be able to carry fully automatic and also silenced weapons. Right. We should be I mean, and, that's, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about here too. Good. Before long, um, you know, there's that old there's that old saying. You know, if uh, if grasshoppers had machine guns, birds wouldn't mess with them. <laughs> you know, it's just that simple. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of truth to that too. You, know, you just bring it down a common common denominator there. Well, you brought up uh, silencers, and, and uh, of course we know them as suppressors, but um, there is a, a hearing protection act in the in the house right now it's hr 397 i believe and that would take right now um a uh, suppressor is a class three item and that mm-hmm. means for those of you who are not not familiar with class three that comes under the nfa that means uh, the national firearm act and you have to go through the treasury you have to get a 200 hundred dollar stamp and you have to go through all kinds of paperwork fingerprinting picture taken and the whole nine yards and then you have to keep up with it because you're subject to them coming in at any time to find out where it is that's right now that is a wonderful program wouldn't you think <laughs> and I mean, it's 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 ridiculous i always i always have thought it's ridiculous because uh people think uh especially especially liberals who know nothing about weapons or very little about firearms they think oh silencers oh yeah that well, that means that if you fire that gun, that's not going to make any noise whatsoever. Right. Well, come on, you people! See, you see it in the movie. Go. Oh, exactly. Oh, and he's firing a thirty out six. That's it. Right. Right. Sure. Well, you know, to me, it's about as stupid as having to go through the government, the government, and all kinds of paperwork to buy a muffler for your car because that's what you're doing. You're not only helping your hearing; you're helping other people's hearing that might be around there. That's right. Uh, and one of the things that would allow you to do without injuring your hearing would be to hunt without having uh, any kind of, of uh, earmuffs or anything, which you really need all the hearing that you've got because you don't know what's going to come up behind you or around you or anything else when you're out hunting. Exactly. So you need to be able to protect yourself as well as if you're you're hunting big game, then you need to, to be able to, uh, to shoot them as well. And you can't sit there and take a... A silencer or a suppressor on and off it, it's just not just not practical no and it helps with your accuracy too like, yes <laughs> so and, uh, so, uh, and it, one of the things that it does uh, for uh, a lot of our uh, lands a lot of our good hunting lands are, are now right next door to neighborhoods right and they're encroaching more and more and more on the open land and when you start shooting at uh, seven o'clock in the morning Close to neighborhoods, there's a lot of people get upset about that. I heard you had a shooting go kind of close to your neighborhood not long That's ago. That kind, kind of woke you up. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching uh, the walls and all my computers Sunday night, and uh, and I hear a very loud seven rounds in rapid succession. 
So, you know, I was, people think I'm stupid, but I grabbed my, grabbed my phone, called, called 911 on the way out the doors as I grabbed my, as I grabbed my, uh, my, my SIG P320 mm-hmm. and we'll put it in my waistband and headed on up towards where the, uh, the, the sound, the rounds came from. And, uh, and I see my buddies at the firehouse up the street from my house walking across the street and got up there and here, here's somebody lying dead in the street, lying wounded in the street behind his, Brand new Mercedes with mm-hmm. paper tags on it, mm-hmm. and uh, come to find out, it was uh, it was that rapper, Young Mozzie. Mm-hmm. It uh, was coming out of Urban Pie, mm-hmm. right there in uh, in Kirkwood, in Atlanta, in my neighborhood, uh, when he was uh, was targeted for for a hit. And as you know, he got uh, sh- he got shot a number of times at a Waffle House on Piedmont Road up in Buckhead uh, right. in About a December, yeah. yeah, and then December, yeah. and so he he just recovered from that and. Um, mm-hmm. I tell you what, that was it was loud, and uh, my sources, my law enforcement sources, were telling me it was uh, shell casings was were seven point six two by thirty nine, which uh, you know everybody knows most likely some kind of AK gun, and from mm-hmm. the sound of it, Jerry, uh, knowing what I know about weapons, it sounded like it was one of those AK pistols that has a little bit shorter barrel that makes it even louder because we know mm-hmm. that AKs are loud to begin with right. but with uh with the shorter barrel it was even louder and mm-hmm. it was it was definitely something because I hear gunshots all the time in my in the hood in Kirkwood right. and uh but this was this was the loudest shots that I've heard in a long time well just think if if it'd been able to go by a silencer legally you, you wouldn't have heard it Dag on. <laughs> I guess he wouldn't have been dead if you didn't hear it. I'm not That's sure. True. No, he I mean, no, he was definitely DRT when he he got he got hit six, well, that six was, times. That was, that was a punch at the at the antis. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. they think that that if you had a uh, silencer, that the, uh, more deaths. That's all it's going to do. It's going to make more people going to die if we allow mufflers on our firearms. It's, exactly. It's that simple. Uh, uh, we know better than that, and uh, we're. Uh, we're doing our best, and we, we, we really want to get it. I really want our members to get involved in, in trying to push this across the, the, uh, the finish line. So far, it has kind of dropped off the, off the scope because of all the other things that are going on. We didn't expect it to be really number one item, right. but we don't want it to die either. And, and uh, there's that bill and a couple other bills that we want to talk about uh, here in the next segment. We're, we're coming up to the end of the uh, segment number two, boys going fast, man. Um, I think all, we got the sport of the president also on, uh, oh, on, yeah. on that bill. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, want to remind you, let's go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can find my contact information, find anything we've done. You can join, you can listen, whatever you'd like. Uh, I, you can follow us at Georgia Carry on Twitter. I'm at Got Your Back sixty four. Download the news talk. Uh, new, download the free podcast newstalk eleven sixty dot com, and we'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. I'm here once again with Mike Brooks. As we left uh, to go to the to break, we were talking a little bit about the... Uh, the National Muffler, Muffler Act, as I call it, the, the Hearing Protection, the Hearing Protection Muffler Act, Act. Uh, and and we we kind of told what it was, and and what will it, tell us what the bill will do for us. It will take it out of the NFA, right? It would be 
uh, just like purchasing any firearm, you would walk into the store, pick out your silencer. You'd still have to fill out a 4473 right. uh, and get the background check run on you, just uh, like you do with any other firearm right now, which, as far as I'm concerned, is an infringement on our rights. But uh, as long as it doesn't get any worse than what it is, we can accept it for a while. Uh, and especially with, uh, you know, anybody that has a Georgia weapons license, and uh, any state is allowed to um, ex- have it in their statute that you can s- accept, the firearms dealers can accept a license right. for a background check right. uh, if it is no longer, no older than five years. If it's over five years, you can't do it. But, so, and that's one of the things that I used to laugh about when they, they talked about all the all these massive firearms that are being bought. Well, they they just touched on a, on a fraction of them. <laughs> right. You know, two million in, on Black Friday, they're probably four or five million because oh, yeah. there were people with, with permits in various states buying them that those weren't reported to the as background checks. No, not and at all. And all they were looking at was background checks. That's so, it. You know, it's it's another one of those numbers that don't mean a whole lot to, to people who know what they're talking about. But to the antis who's trying to scare everybody, there's another two million arms. Oh, of course. And that's the good news. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the good news of the day. But at any rate, H.R. Uh, 397, again, would take the uh, – the suppressors out of class three they would no longer be class three you would not be prohibited from owning one if you didn't have the proper paperwork etc and it would allow people to to target practice without earmuffs it would allow people to hunt without earmuffs and it's basically if you if somebody's going to go out if a criminal is going to go out and try to kill somebody first off he's he's either going to be a sniper and he might want one for that but if you put one of these things on a pistol you've just made that pistol a whole lot harder to conceal absolutely because and, you can't go out and buy a holster for right. you know for a suppressed uh, for a suppressed pistol well, i mean even a even a 22 the the suppressors you know what 10 inches long 8 or 10 inches long right and you've got and you've got to and, get a, new, a different barrel right and you've got to you know you got so, you got oh so yeah a criminal's not going to go through those things it's no. just not going to happen but that's what everybody wants to that's what the that's what the people let's scare everybody says and and, le- and right now to buy one legally be, and go through the whole nfa it's taken it's taken sometimes 6 to 8 months well the last i heard it was about 18 months Really, because yes. I know there was, you know, I worked, uh, do a little bit of work down at Stoddard's, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of times people will come in and buy, um, buy a suppressor for their weapon, and while they're going through the background check, we'll put it away for them. Right. Now, you can come in and visit your su- <laughs> <laughs> and visit your suppressor, and you can actually use it there at the range, right. but then you have to give it but back. You so can't it's take like, it out. Right, exactly. So yeah. it's like a, fo- like a foster suppressor. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, you know. Which is ridiculous. It's extremely ridiculous. Because they're I mean, not cheap. They're they not are cheap. not cheap. And that's one of the things that makes them so expensive. Is right. the fact that that only certain people are going to be able to get them? Uh, if if everybody that has a firearm could get one, they would be way oh, on down absolutely. because the, the manufacturers could could produce so many it, it'd just be unreal. Sure, and uh, and, and, and a lot of companies are, are starting to make even more suppressors now. Right, I mean uh, Daniel Defense for one. They. Uh, at the NRA show, right. they, I, I mentioned Daniel Defense because one of my good buddies worked for them, and uh, and they're a Georgia company. Well, why didn't you mention NRA? 
What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that no, other we're, no, we're friends with them. We were there as well. I, yes, so, you were. Yeah. Yes, you were. But uh, but they're I mean they're making their own. A lot of different companies right. are starting to make their own now. Well, now uh, Daniel's Defense, as I understand it, have a uh, a rifle that you can buy with it already on it. Yes, it's part of the rifle. Exactly. And uh, I think that that was uh, they were happy when we passed uh, HB sixty, which allowed you to hunt in Georgia with a, a suppressed rifle. Prior right. to that, you couldn't do it. So, uh, yes, they have a they have a lot of nice a uh, lot of nice firearms. I'd, I'd like to be able to go through there and say, "Give me this one and that one." Wouldn't that so be nice? That'd... Well, you know, GBI. You know, the uh, people don't realize, I think, but one of the local uh, local TV stations uh, did a story a couple months ago. On uh, on the Georgia Bureau of Investigation mm-hmm. and their new uh, guns, new uh, patrol rifles, if right. you will, right. that are issued to all the agents, and they right. didn't mention any names. But I right. I was looking on the bottom of the stock, I went, oh, that's a Daniel Defense. Yeah. And yeah. so every one of them now is a Dan- Daniel Defense, custom made. Right. It's right. nice. Uh, yeah, I've uh, we've had we've had uh, some. Uh, I I wouldn't call it a demonstration. We've had some get-togethers down at the Capitol, and. Uh, be down there for several hours and and it, it's georgia carey and other people there sure uh, george uh the uh gun owners of america was there larry pratt a whole bunch of people were there talking and i got up to, to speak and it was right on the front steps of the capitol and i look across at the church and right up there are, are four or five uh georgia state patrolmen with their their rifles sitting on the side they weren't pointing at me they just right you know they and the funny thing about it was they uh when we talked to them they weren't expecting anything to happen from us right they were afraid that somebody might they were there more to protect us not that they didn't think we could protect ourselves oh yeah but they could see it a whole lot better up there than we could from down here and it was uh, it was kind of interesting. It's I, I in fact I talked to to one of the guys who's uh, I think he's now retired. He's either retired or he's over at the governor's mansion, and, and uh, we always talked when we go down there. Uh, we had a a uh, open carry session down there one Saturday, and we got through. And I was talking to him, and he said, "Oh, we love to see y'all come down here." I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah." He said. When uh, y'all start showing up with rifles, he said, there ain't a riff riff within 10 miles of this place. He said, everybody goes. It's the safest day we got. Absolutely. He said, we can sit back and drink coffee and just almost sleep if we wanted to because nothing's going to happen down here while y'all are in the neighborhood. That's for sure. So, uh, okay, we covered the uh, the, National, the Hearing Protection Act, and, and I think that's something that, that everybody out there needs to, to start writing your uh, your congressman and telling him, that you would like to see H.R. 397 passed. There's another bill out there that, that received a little bit of attention uh, not too long ago, and that's H.R. 38. That's the National Reciprocity Act. And the reason it received a little bit of attention last year, last or a couple of months ago, it was, uh, I think it was some for some people unwanted attention, but it was after the shooting of the Republicans. Uh, practicing for the ball game up there in Alexandria. In Old, Alexandria, yep. that's correct. Yep. And uh, one of our uh, local, po- fairly local politicians decided that that they needed to pass a bill to allow the legislators to carry in Washington D.C. <laughs> we said, "Whoa, whoa! We don't want I. We want us. We want we." Right. Uh, you know, quit thinking about yourself. Get up there and, and pass something. The national reciprocity. 
would do a lot of it. It won't do anything for D.C., but that's... Uh, They're going through their own issues right now. And, uh, you know, there was a challenge to the D.C. law. And uh, and it lost. And it lost. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so there is a big, big push right now. I right. know in wa- being a Washington, D.C. native and, and former uh, detective with the uh, D.C. police, I can tell you, you know, I, th- I think that's that's a great thing. That's, yes. uh, that's a very good thing. And... Um, I think we're going to see some movement on that very shortly. Jerry. Well, we we need to, and, and uh, I, not that I want to carry in Washington D.C. because I'm not planning on going to Washington D.C. Um, I uh, I've seen all of it. I want to. <laughs> it's just sorry. You know, and I'm, I'm I, and retired, I've seen so the, I can. And I've seen the results. So I'm not talking about going to your neighborhood. I might go yeah, visit yeah. your neighborhood before I go to Washington D.C. I really have no desire to go up there. I've seen too much of the stuff that rolls down south from up there. There you go. Uh, got a whole lot of it out on my horse farm, and I just, you know, enough's enough kind of in, in some respect. But the National Reciprocity Bill, uh, I would love to see happen. Now, some people are against it because of states' rights issue, et cetera. Um, but the way that I understand the bill, uh, there's really nothing that the federal government has to do except tell states, you got to, you've got to honor these guys' licenses. Right now, we have reciprocity with several states, and uh, we know that if if you carry, if I'm carrying on a Georgia weapons license, I go to Texas. I have to know what Texas laws are. I'm going to get arrested. Absolutely. That that well, it's legal in Georgia. Ain't good in Texas. I can assure you that. Yeah. Nor any other state. So you, that's part of the responsibility that we go back to talking about earlier. If you're going to carry somewhere other than your home state, you've got to know what the laws are in that home state, and it's your responsibility to find out. You know, you just don't you just don't ask the guy on the street, or you don't wait till the policeman stops you and say, "Oh, is that why you stopped me?" Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or else you'll be, you'll be calling U.S. Law Shield. That's right. <laughs> how do those How do those handcuffs fit you that I got there? Nice. I got some nice shiny bright hand, bright handcuffs. So uh, we'll we'll try those on. But um, I think that's a bill whose time has come. I, I wrote an article for uh, Breitbart, uh, one of their publications here earlier in the week. And uh, I think it, it, I hope it hit the nail on the head. Uh, my rights don't stop at a state line, for one thing. Right. There's no fences there. There's no fences there. And uh, I should be able to, you know, no other license that I have, well, no other, such as driver's license, marriage license, stops at the state line. At any rate, we'll talk about that when we come back. In the meantime, we've got to take another uh, pause for the cause. Uh, I want to remind you, go to georgiacarry.org. Uh, you can download the commercial-free podcast at Newstalk1160.com, and we'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, I'm here again with uh, Mike Brooks, Mr. TV Detective, <laughs> and local radio host, etc., in various places. Uh, and we're all trying, in fact, to get him a, a permanent gig out at Y106, but uh, so far turning the radio off at 3 o'clock hasn't helped. <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> I never say never. Ne- you, you never say never. Oh, no. News Radio 106.7. We'll see. Well, we, well, everything will come around one time. Exactly. We left. We were talking a little bit about national reciprocity. Um, as, as I stated earlier, our, line, our rights don't end at the, at the state line. 
we should be able to drive anywhere, and I liken it to a driver's license. I can drive in all of the states in in the United States, including D.C., and Canada, uh, Mexico, several countries I right. can drive in, and I don't have to have anything. And as far as I know, there are no reciprocity agreements signed between Georgia and any other state to allow your drivers to drive in my state. That's right. You can drive a car. You can drive a motorcycle. If you've got the right license, you can yeah. drive a truck. And you drive it by virtue of the fact that you have that license. That's exactly right. And one of the things that you're required to do is follow the traffic laws. That's exactly right. And and why, for to be a concealed weapons permit holder, why do we have to go through all the uh, background check and fingerprints if it's only going to be good in uh, X amount of states? That's correct. You don't Plus, have to get your fingerprints and your background check done to drive a car, do you? No, you don't. There and, you go. And it's the same thing with a marriage license. You know, I mean, it's good. If I move to Tennessee, it's good. Yep. And, you know, if somebody from Alabama moves over here, uh, you know, they're still brother and sister, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, in, and in Utah, maybe you can have four or five wives. That's correct. <laughs> but who'd want to? <laughs> but, and, but my point, I've had two. I don't need any more. My point being, um, my point being that, that states don't have to enter into an agreement with that. Right. A particular agreement, such as a reciprocity agreement. That is, that is federal law, basically. They have to do that. They can't just say, well, we're not going to take anybody from – Georgia can't say, we're not going to take anybody over here from Texas that, uh, with their driver's license. Right. But you, but, you look, but you look geographically around the United States, Jerry, and where do you find most of the states that have reciprocity with Georgia? You find them most down in the south and the southeast, except for you – know, I'm, I'm surprised that states like Vermont New Hampshire, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're fairly – Fairly right. You're right. easy to even right. get uh, an out-of-state permit. That's there. correct. So, um, well, we have some states out west too, but for the most part, you're talking about uh, southern states and um, some of the uh, real western states. Right. I mean, where the cowboys actually worked as cowboys and didn't grow up as sissies with a hat on. Uh, <laughs> all, <laughs> all hat, no horse. Another, yeah, there you go. <laughs> another one of those things. Huh? Um, but. Uh, to me, it's the same thing. There is one sta- uh, one portion of that statute that I I might have to agree with some of the states' rights people, and that's the fact that if the bill is passed as is, then uh, a ca- person in California can go to Utah, get an out-of-state license, and go back and carry in Utah in uh, uh, California. Right. And I'm not so sure that that's good. If you're in California, that's great for you. But as far as allowing the federal government to do that. To make those statements, I'm not sure that that's a well. It's, it's California. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, they have they have enough issues of their own. Well, with, and I agree. With the restrictions on firearms and everything else. But a, a lot of, uh, in my opinion, a lot of of those problems could be overcome if they did away with May issue states. I don't, I don't understand how they get away with May issue states. It should be shall issue because it, you know, everywhere else. Uh, you, I could uh, I could sue you for discrimination for right. not giving me a license when I passed the same test that you did then you got a license. And you bring up a great point especially with Washington DC it came down to they were asking when you applied for uh, a permit there uh wh- why do you want to carry right. a gun? Well it's not your damn business why I want to carry That's a right. gun. You know not just because I have a uh, I'm a business owner or I carry a lot of money or this kind right. of thing it's, it's, it, that, that doesn't matter and that's exactly what why it lost in D.C., and that was a big that was a big win for for gun owners in Washington D.C. Believe oh, yeah. it or not. Oh, I know, I believe it. I, I know it was, um, but 
you, you're you're right. You shouldn't have to give a reason. No, there is no reason. As a matter of fact, I, when I go because back it's my and, right. That's my reason. When I go back and I look at the uh, Second Amendment, it doesn't say anything about if he has a, a right or if he has a need to. No, it doesn't say that exactly. It's a, you know, I, I matter of fact, I, I often laugh. You know, people say, "Well, why do you need a why do you need a gun that'll shoot twenty round, thirty rounds?" You know, why? <laughs> and I. I always say, well, for one thing, we have a bill of rights, not a bill of whys. That's right. You know, it's it's because I can. It's because I have the right to do so if that's what I want to. And as and what if as, I was coming out of the pizza shop the other night, Sunday, like I usually do, right. but I didn't go in there, and I and I had confronted the guy who right. had that uh, who had that AK pistol, right? And uh, and I only had my seven shot, uh, you know, Sig yeah. nine thirty eight instead of my my three twenty with eighteen yeah. rounds. I might have been looking for another guess. This that's morning. exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but you're, you're you you make a no, great it point. Is. It is absolutely, you know, and I've said before. Uh, when people start talking about the size of magazines and, and et cetera, to me that's just nothing more than hogwash. Uh, I have never seen anybody that came out, and, and you've seen more people than I have been in gunfights, but I've never seen anybody go in a gunfight, anybody go into war or anything like that, and come out and say, geez, I really didn't need all those bullets. <laughs> you know? that's the truth? I mean, if anything, they come out and say, Man, I was down to my last bullet. It's about time something happened here. Yeah. And they're more concerned of running out. Exactly. And, and and that's why you need the extra rounds. A perfect example of that was uh, the lady in, uh, I believe it was Snellville, that uh, took her kids up in the up in the, the bedroom and hid out because somebody yep. was in the room. And she had a six-shot thirty-eight revolver. And she emptied them in that dude. Now, if there had been another guy standing downstairs that came up after that. That's right. Where would she have been? She right. and her kids would have been right where the, the guy wanted her to be to begin with. And last year, when he, and last year you and I talked about that, uh, that Asian woman who had a business, and she uh, came right. home, and they, they, those, three, those three thugs came in, kicked the door in, right. and, uh, she, and she came out, but she ran out, she ran out of ammo. Right. And thank God that uh, the day had turned and run, and she one of the thugs was DRT right there right. in the driveway. But she could have used some, some extra ma- uh, extra magazine herself then, too. That's correct. I agree with that, 100%. And, uh, of course, the thing about it is, most of the time when you when you got two people robbing you and one of them sees that the other one gets shot, he doesn't stay around to no. count the bullets either. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, let's get out of here, dude. Uh, oh, man. So, well, you know, and then we were also talking about uh, – uh, states like like New York, where the mayor is even pushing um, TSA and everything else. I mean, if you're trying to bring a, a firearm legally, let's say you want to go hunting or you want to take mm-hmm. your firearm somewhere to a state where you can actually carry it, and uh, you're allowed to have it, and you come through LaGuardia or JFK, they are really enforcing and uh, going out of their way to lock people up, right. you know, because it's New York. That's correct. Uh, that, that just when I was reading that the other day, that really irritated the hell out of me. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm the same way. I, I, uh, I had some business in New York back in the in the '80s, and I don't think I've been there since. Yeah. And uh, had I not had the business there, I wouldn't have gone there then. Now, New York State. Uh, we're, when we say New York, uh, we're talking about New York City. City. New York State, upstate, is a beautiful place, and some wonderful people. There's some wonderful people in in New York City as well, but uh, a few. Yeah, unfortunately, the the good ones either outnumbered or don't vote. 
but because <laughs> they come up with some some really really bad stuff up there. Isn't that the truth? And, you know that that's we sit around and, and we were talking earlier about complacency, but you know this is a place in, down here in Georgia now where we could get complacency. We couldn't or com- complacent, but we at one time we were as we discussed about the 43rd worst state in the union right. for gun laws. We had more places off limits than any other place. And we went to work. We did something. We got off our duffs and went and made this a good state. Now we're in the top five, maybe top three, but we're certainly on up there, especially from where we were. And you you have to wonder why other people don't try to do the same thing. Exactly. And as I said, we've, we've really kind of given people a reason to be complacent because things are really good down here. They are good. And we're talking at the break about complacency. Folks, I'm getting ready because my – George Carey, uh, my membership has run out. I've got to, I've got to renew mine. And if you are getting close to your renewal time, folks, it's time to re up for georgiacarey.org. And, uh, and because look, they are out there for you. So don't be complacent like I have been and let your membership run out. It's only, I just got my email, so yeah. I'm still good to go. Oh yeah. But, uh, but don't forget to do that folks, because look, uh, George, there wouldn't be a georgiacarry.org if it weren't for you. That's correct. And we wouldn't be successful. If it weren't that's for right. You. And that's also, you're talking about your membership running out. That's one of the reasons I became a life member. I don't have to worry there about renewing it. At least not in this <laughs> life, maybe, maybe in some other life, but not right now. Uh, but uh, and that's true. If if it weren't for the members, if it weren't for the people that that support us and follow up and and contact our legislators when we we tell them that uh, we need something done, if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be where we are. Are you all at the? Uh, are you all today and tomorrow at the uh, gun show up at? Yes, the, good. The Eastman Gun Show. I yep. believe. Yes, we are. I just saw that day. Good. Maybe I can renew when I'm up there tomorrow or up there today or tomorrow. Then. You sure can. Fantastic. Uh, we're coming down to the end of this program. I want to thank Mike Brooks for being on here, the TV detective. It's always fun to be around him. And you can follow me on Twitter at TV detective or follow me on Facebook. You'll uh, you'll probably agree with most of the things I put up there. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can uh, go to georgiacarry.org. Uh, we've run out of time for this uh, program. You can download the commercial-free podcast, and we will see you next week. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.